Hello, Spanish lovers. Welcome to Spanish We Do, a show about uh, all things and everything that can be done in Spanish. For instance, saving yourself from bad luck on a Friday the 13th. How? Speaking Spanish. Why? Because for some unknown reason, which is a mystery to me at least, the bad luck day in Spanish is not Friday the 13th. It's not Viernes 13. Oh, no, no, no. It's Tuesday the 13th. Martes 13. Ni te cases ni te embarques. Meaning, don't get married and don't go on a ship on a Tuesday the 13th. But, okay, on a Tuesday the 13th, you keep speaking English. Today I'm having a conversation with Alejandra Acuña from Paraguay, a country right in the middle of South America, which is, well, landlocked, no coast, and it is surrounded by Brazil, Bolivia, and Argentina. And also, a very interesting fact about Paraguay is that it's got two official languages. Yes, one of them, of course, Spanish. But the other one, which is also very important, so important that some people For many people, it's their first language. And they might have some trouble even understanding you if you speak Spanish slightly different from the way they do it in Paraguay. Why? Because Spanish is not their first language. You'll find out about it. And also, you will find out why I'm playing a few seconds of this song right now. Yes, that song seems to be in Spanish, it is, and well, but it is from Norway, a summer hit. We'll talk about that. Hello, Alejandra Beatriz Acuña Balbuena. I love your name. That's a pretty powerful name. Welcome to the show and thanks so much for accept accepting the invitation. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. This was pretty random and I'm glad to join. It's I'm so happy to have this conversation. I'm always happy to talk all things Spanish. Yeah, the, and the way we connected was exactly as you said, pretty random. It was via Twitter. And actually, you know what? I tried to look for the origin of that conversation and I could not find it. I know it was some particularity, some nuance in a different uh, even meaning of you or usage of a word, but I cannot quite recall. Do you? I think I... I was looking up uh, something to put in my class because uh, I'm teaching Spanish uh, this semester in my university. And I was thinking about the fact that in Spanish um, or many Spanish speaking countries, we talk about how cats have seven lives. And in oh, English, they right. say yeah. that they have nine. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. So I tweeted about that. And then you replied, and, how, and then we started this conversation. So, yeah, I think that's how it happened. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah, you are absolutely right. And, and actually, you can begin there. The, the origin of all this contact comes from uh, Alejandra asking if, uh, if in different countries cats had either seven lives or nine lives. I did not have uh, a unique idea about it. I said, well, I've heard seven, I've heard nine, I'm not sure. And, and then it went into uh, Friday the 13th, which is a bad luck day in English, but in Spanish, for some reason, I don't know, and it would be great if anyone knows, 
If not, I'm going to put it in the list of mysteries to solve uh, because the bad luck day is uh, Tuesday the 13th, not Friday. Yeah. In Spanish, yeah. Martes 13. Why? No idea. And there are other mysteries also. So welcome to the show, Alejandra. And, and where are you right now? And tell us, and where are you from? Yes. Uh, so right now I am in Albuquerque, New Mexico, or right. as they say here, Albuquerque, okay. um, New Mexico. Uh, I am studying at the University of New Mexico, and I am originally from Paraguay. I have been studying in the U.S. for the last four years, um, but uh, I'm starting my master's here in New Mexico and Latin American studies. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're born and raised in Paraguay. Yes. Up to what age? When did when did you live? Because I see a non-Paraguayan flag back there. Yes. So non-American either. <laughs> I left Paraguay uh, originally when I was seventeen. Uh, I went to Norway to finish high school in an international school. Okay. So I got a scholarship to finish um, the last two years of high school in a program that's called United World Colleges. It's an international boarding school that has uh, schools all over the world. And one of them happens to be Norway. Uh, so I got selected for the one in Norway and went there, lived there for two years. Um, it was a great experience. Norway is still a big part of my heart. Uh, Did you live with a family? Then, no, I lived in a boarding school. So it okay. was, uh, I lived with, I roomed with, um, you know, people my age. We were five uh, students lived living together in a room. It was interesting. It was, you know, <laughs> super cool. Uh, it got messy sometimes, but it was really nice. Um. Yeah, it sounds and, great. And actually, maybe if, if anyone is watching the video, they're seeing a Norwegian flag right behind you. And they're seeing a British Columbia from Canada flag right behind me. So uh, it, it, it gives you an interesting view of, of things and cultures and even yourself, which is probably one of the most yeah. relevant parts. So you're OK. You were born in Paraguay, raised in Paraguay, left initially when you were 17. We're, we're trying to hear in this show, in this Spanish video show, to look at the Spanish-speaking world and its particularities and individualities from outside. So let's begin. Where is Paraguay? Let's help some people locate it. Oof, Paraguay, as I like to say, is right in the middle of South America. Like, um, some people back home like to call it the heart of South America. Oh, that's nice. Um... Yeah, because it's like literally right in the middle. It's like between Brazil, Argentina, and Bolivia. Landlocked. Under Bolivia. Yeah, it's landlocked. No coast, right? No coast. It's one of the two countries in South America that has no coast. Uh, it's Bolivia is the other. Yeah, the other one being Bolivia. Yes. And their um, eternal <laughs> dispute with Chile. Yes, but we are like no clothes. Like we have no possibility. <laughs> like the closest coast, I don't even know where that is. I believe it would be somewhere in Brazil, but it's which tells me tells me you never went. 
And you, not in South, South America, no. Yeah. I've never been to the sea or like the ocean in South America. Well, no. interesting. So let's begin there. Okay, well, yeah. we can we can uh, approach this from three different point of points of view, which yeah. we'll do in three different episodes. So let's go with with your experience with the Spanish. You being a kid, of course, Paraguay speaks Spanish. Most Latin American countries speak Spanish, with the exception of Brazil, which mm -hmm. sometimes it surprises people that it needs to be clarified. But yes, yes, sometimes people from outside see Latin America as a whole unique unified thing and yes of course spanish is the most spoken language but brazil's got portuguese and then you got french guiana some english-speaking countries and and other 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 things uh, in little pockets all over the place but yes spanish so uh let's begin what what would you say is different now that you have a, a lot of experience also living abroad teaching mm -hmm. spanish between What you would call, if you could call it like that, you tell me, Paraguayan Spanish. And I don't know if there's something we could call international Spanish, neutral Spanish, which we know doesn't really exist, but it's there. Well, like, I think one thing that's very particular about Paraguayan Spanish is that we, I don't know if you know this, but Paraguay has another official language um, that is an indigenous language um, yeah. called Guarani. Yeah. Um, and what we do in Paraguay is we mix it a lot with Spanish, even like in colloquial Spanish. So even if you don't know you're speaking it, you still mix it a lot. You mean that um, you grow up with it, so it's yes. just one language to you? Yes, yes. Okay. So it's this, like, really weird, like, hybrid mix of Spanish and Guarani um, that, like, you know, of course, at least where I grew up in the city, in the capital, is way more Spanish than Guarani. But there are still some words that... I did not realize that they were not Spanish until I left. And I started saying them, and people were like, huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's great. Can, can you give me some examples? I'm trying to think. Um, well, if they come up to you, I, you just throw them at any time. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Well, don't worry, they'll think... come out when you're not thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. because I see what you're saying. It is so much part of your native language that it's probably even hard to, to tell them apart or, or voluntarily say, okay, this one. Yeah, exactly. So one thing that I like usually use um, is this thing that we call, it's not even a word, it's like more like an expression. That is, we call it hake. Hake. It, yeah, it's like careful, like when something is about to fall or when you're about to fall or when something is, yeah. And it's just something that we say, it's like, yeah, it's like careful. It's, and I just say it, it's, it comes out of me whenever something is about to happen it's yeah. before an accident. And I remember saying it out loud to a friend from Ecuador when I was in Norway. And my friend, when he was about to trip, 
And he was like, what? <laughs> what did you just say? Because that was not English. That was not Spanish. Did that help or did that make him fall faster? <laughs> he just, he fell anyways. <laughs> Maybe because of it. Maybe it was worse because of it. He was just confused when he was on the ground. He was like, what? <laughs> what was that? When, when um, you were when you were in Norway, you, you, you had other other Spanish speakers around. Also, you, you yes, mentioned this person yes. from Ecuador and from other places too. Yes, um, there were. Uh, one of my best friends was a Colombian that had also lived in Paraguay for a little bit because his parents worked there. Yeah. Um, and he grew up in Paraguay. Like he, we had friends in common. It was like this crazy coincidence that made me realize how small the, like, the world was. Um, he like was there from when he was like, I don't know, three years old until he was like 13. So he lived there for like 10 years. Um, and yeah, I had friends from like almost every other like Latin American country. It was, because um, it was an international like school. Yeah. And Yeah, there were, we had like a, our small, like Latinx community. It was a pretty cool um, that, That's a very yeah. interesting point of view. I had the same when I was in Canada. And, mm -hmm. and maybe it will, it will help people looking from outside that uh, actually I, I, of course, I can, I cannot recall a specific cases where like I had to modify the way I speak to make myself understood because Even though I think it is very particular in Latin America, and maybe you can tell me your point of view about it, that mm -hmm. we have like two levels of communication with Spanish. And yeah. it is, of course, it happens everywhere in the sense of the colloquial or street language, of course. But there's something different about the thing that even though Latin America from top to bottom mostly speaks Spanish, living out uh, less than a hand, handful of countries. Um, we have like a general way of understanding each other. We, because mm -hmm. I found that we, we even made jokes. We didn't have like, you don't understand my jokes. Oh, your jokes are so local. Of course, I was not going to make a joke about one particular street in Caracas. That would make no sense. But mm -hmm. we shared some cultural background, both in terms of language and, uh, uh, and some, yeah, some cultural values too that come from different places. And, and I think not necessarily from Spanish as the language, but from the fact that, and I would like to know a little bit about that from your point of view and your experience in Paraguay, because we watched a lot of the same shows on TV. And yes. when they were American shows, they were dubbed in Mexico. All of them. Yes, yes. So that That's creates exactly a level of understanding... Say that we are not aware of yes it's um so when i went there and i met actually someone from mexico i realized that they actually speak like the dub you know yeah. <laughs> like the, um although they weren't from mexico city that so they didn't speak exactly like um the dub or like we call it speaking like cartoons That's yes. what we say. It was like. <laughs> what, what did you watch? What, what do you recall watching a lot when you were growing up with, with that so, type of dubbing? Cartoons, just like the Powerpuff Girls or like yeah. Ed, Ed and Eddie. Um, what else? Um, 
Yeah, just like those shows in Cartoon Network or like Nickelodeon, like iCarly, Soy 101. Yeah. Are we talking about maybe mid 90s or early 90s, maybe? Um, when would more that like be? 2000s. More like 2000s? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because there was an interesting thing that happened also. Uh, at the end of the 20th century, which sounds mm -hmm. so far away, in Latin America. And it is that something that also changed that connection uh, in terms of, of, of uh, let's call it neutral Spanish, was when HBO, HBO launched cable television through the whole, uh, through the whole continent. And oh. yeah, that, that was in the, in the mid to, was it mid to late 90s? No. Actually, early 90s. We didn't have cable television in Latin America, at least not in Venezuela and some other countries. Do you recall it? When, when, do you know when it began in Paraguay? I have no idea. My parents moved to Asuncion in 98. So, from other part of Paraguay? Yeah, from like, um, yeah, from another part where they didn't have cable. And I think they started having cable in like 2000. So yeah. I have no idea when. Okay, so I'm going to tell you the shortest story. And, yeah. and it, it's a story that doesn't have an ending because I still have to figure out some things. Okay, at that time I was living in Caracas. I was starting to do radio shows. And um, HBO in particular, with a whole bunch, created a whole bunch of uh, cable television channels, Sony Entertainment, E! Entertainment Television, and Warner Television, they all belong to the HBO group. So when they were deciding where to launch these TV channels, they were, of course, thought first about Mexico, because dubbing had been done in Mexico for Latin America for several decades already. Disney did their dubbing in Mexico, in Mexico City. But they decided for technical and geographical uh, reasons to uh, locate that uh, hub for HBO Latin America in Caracas, in Venezuela. And the reason was, on the one side, technical, because of the geographical location, sort of in between Mexico and, and the lower tip the of Latin America. Like America, but yeah. also because they thought, okay, we need to keep that sense of neutral Spanish from Mexico City, but we need to balance it out with some of the way Colombians in the coast speak and Venezuelans, and of course, take out particularities in terms of vocabulary. So they created, and this, yeah, this is an HBO invention, and that's, what, that's the interesting part. They coined the term neutral Latin American Spanish, which actually does not exist. Nobody yeah, no. speaks like that, truly, but it was a mix of the Mexican melody, a little flattened down, the, and the way words were pronounced in Colombia, meaning the full word, not removing S's at the end, and not yeah. doing uh, J's in a very ex excessively soft thing like we do in Caracas in particular, and with uh, some... Some uh, kind of like the smile, let's call it like that, from Caracas. So they put that together, Mexico, Colombia, and Venezuela, and they created it and they had classes. We had to learn. We had to learn. They brought people from oh Mexico. God. Yes. And also another reason was economical. Caracas was way cheaper than, than Mexico City. So it all became like, this is the place. 
So a lot of things that, and I was asking you because the Powerpuff Girls, I think they were dubbed in Venezuela, but they were done with that, mm, let, let, let's call it a softer Mexican accent. I'm not sure, but I know some shows from that time. Huh. I will have to verify that. And I say, I'm not, the story is not complete because I'm going to reach out. I'm like asking different people from someone who was there at the beginning of the HBO Latin American lunch to, to know how that, how they thought about it and exactly what they did. That's so interesting. I had no idea. Like I always thought it was mostly Mexico. I heard at some point, like at the end of some cartoons that it would say like dub in Venezuela. Yeah. Like dub in Caracas at blah, blah, blah studio. Um, but mostly I thought it was in Mexico. That is so interesting. Yeah, I'm sure things kept being done in Mexico, but the ones that were being done by HBO specifically, specifically mm -hmm. for their shows and their promos for their TV stations, they were done in, in Venezuela. So that's a story that I'm going to uh, research a little bit more to, to find the right people, because when I came in, I did, I did voiceover for Sony Entertainment and E! Entertainment for Latin America. And when I came in, they already were like five, six years, five, six years in 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 action no in activity so i wasn't there from the beginning but that's an interesting story so media played a very important part also one question for you alejandra did you watch yes. el chavo in paraguay yes of course of course Do you want to tell el what chavo. it is for for people it, it's come up in different conversations for this show but maybe someone is listening to it for the first time what is el chavo what do you remember what it means for you so el chavo is um a story, I remember watching it um, Saturday, like, afternoons, like, siesta time. Yeah. That's the time that it will air on, like, um, non-cable television. <laughs> That's, so, um, it's a TV show that is basically the story of um, communities of this and that. Yes. I don't really know how to translate it. It's a building that has um different people living in it it also has a school somehow in it or like yeah they had like a little school yeah um but yeah it has like all kinds of different people but it also has this little kid that lives in um what's the word it's a barrel yeah like a, for wine, yeah, una like barrica, one of those, yeah. which I never knew where, where he got it from. That's that's interesting. No idea. But he's homeless, but, and, and yeah, he's homeless, and he sleeps in this thing. He yeah, he's, he was quite flexible, other. I must say. Yeah, and these are real characters. Plays. It's it's not it's not cartoons. It's it's real characters. Yeah, they're real characters, and they, you know, it's like just the lives of these people that you know this. Um, community and he and, was el chavo that was his name yeah well what chavo they call him and and in your mind watching that mm -hmm. were you very aware that you were watching a mexican show done in mexico city or it was or it was just there i think i was aware that it was mexican i don't think i was like you know it's this i was like this is mexico city but yeah. i 
think I was like, you know, we're like, this is Mexico. This is like very Mexican. Because they were like talking about like tortas de jamón. Yeah. Which for us, torta in Paraguay is cake. Yes. And for Mexico, torta is. Um, it's like a, some kind, a kind of, of sandwich. Like sandwich. Yeah. yeah. And in Mexico, a cake is pastel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what pastel or, or cake actually is in Spain? Have you heard that one? No. Or it's, yes? It's very, it's slightly different, but very different because it's with an A at the end. It's tarta. Tarta. Yeah. But torta in Venezuela is a smack in your face. But it could be oh. a cake too. So that's, that's how we can go back to that point that, yes, we have like a level of neutral Spanish, let's call it like that, where we can understand all each other. So we can make jokes. We have no problem communicating. Maybe one, one word comes up and someone would say, what is that? Or they would understand something which means a different thing, like if we, if we were speaking about pastel, torta, and that kind of thing. But there's also the local level which mm -hmm. I guess in Paraguay it's very interesting because of Guarani. And yes. I wanted to ask you, in your experience or what you know about your own own homeland, of course, uh, how uh, present is Guarani independently or independent from Spanish? Like, are there many people that would call Guarani their first language instead of yes. Spanish? Yes, I think so. Um, especially outside of the main like urban centers, Um, so I think it's also a geographical question. Um, like, in, you know, in big cities, Spanish is more common because I think it's, you know, the more bureaucratic language and it's, um, it's kind of like the language in which main government or like documents and that kind of stuff is. Yeah. But if you go to, like, more rural areas, you will still find people that speak mostly Guarani and not very much Spanish. And you will find schools um, that teach mostly Guarani and, like, not very much Spanish. And, and so what's, like, the, the, the general feeling about the Warani language? Is it, like, is it protected in any way? Is it appreciated, but maybe most of the country? Or is there any, any discrimination connected or related to speaking Spanish or speaking Warani? So, in the city, I would say, or, yeah, in the cities, I would say it's... And I would say it's something that's slightly changing, um, but... When I was growing up, it was considered, like, something from the campo, something yeah. from, like, uh, to speak Guarani was considered something from the poor people, yeah. from the peasants, and that wasn't, and that was considered something bad. But I think now there is kind of, like, a movement to revitalize language uh, and to... Um, yeah, just like there's more people that have kind of like wished, even like myself, I've, since I left, I wish that I could speak it more fluently. Like I, I can understand it a lot. Like my grandma, who is from like a more rural area, she would speak to me completely in Guarani and I can understand her, but I would reply mostly in Spanish 
and she cannot understand me. But is this like, you know, kind of like broken communication that yeah. we cannot speak to each other in the same language? Well, actually, living I live in in Spain in the in that region called Galicia, which mm -hmm. uh, has its own language, and it went through something something like that too. So I can sort of like relate to it. I did not actually speak it until I got here. I could understand it most of it. But then I got here 11 years ago and say, well, I'm going to live in Galicia, so I better learn the language or learn to use it. So, well, I made friends with a poet, which <laughs> that helped, uh, who only spoke Galician. He could understand perfectly, but he said, no, this is my cultural stance. I'll speak Galician all the time. So it's an interesting thing how sometimes we attach, uh, I don't know, social meanings, even political meanings to languages when they are so beautiful to look at from a different point of view, like culturally, yeah. as a cultural value, as diversity in human beings, and also not only as a tool of communication, but as a tool of, of, of connection beyond just mere communication. What do you feel about Guarani? I'm going to ask you. Alejandra, what would you say Guarani is to you? Guarani, I would say, is like... It's a part of my identity that I would love to um, explore more and get to um, know more. It's like a part of me that I feel like I'm not connected to yet as much as I would like. Um, and it's also like this connection to my culture, to my like national culture. Um, Because it helps me express things in a way that only like other people from my country would understand, and things that you know I feel like are only make sense in Paraguay, you know. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's how I feel about Guarani. It's a very like unique, beautiful thing. Yeah, I can feel it. Yeah. When you say it, it's there, like in, in also in your face. <laughs> when I look when I look <laughs> yeah. at you how you speak about it. That's beautiful. And and also, well, just a takeaway from this conversation about language itself. There is something that we could call neutral Latin American Spanish. We we know it was something sort of made up in a way, but it's something like it's like an agreement, a tacit agreement between all Latin American countries. Uh big due to that dubbing done in Mexico, uh, all cable television all throughout from the 90s in Latin America. And also because, well, it makes sense that when someone sees Latin America from the outside, well, the country with the largest population by far is Mexico. So it makes a lot of sense that there is a huge influence, influence there. So, but yes, there is a level at which I think all Latin Americans, we can speak Uh, each other, speak to each other, understand each other, have fun, and, 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 well, I don't know, feel part of the same community. And it's interesting that a lot of it comes from dubbing U.S. shows. I know, I know, sounds yeah. a, bit, a bit odd, but that's how it is, and I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Now, just to close, the, the, a, little, a little comment from Norway. How was Spanish in Norway? Did you find any Spanish there? Were people any curious about it? The like <laughs> the funniest thing I think in Norway um, related to Spanish 
my god um was this i feel this is song, going to be good keep going um there was this song by an origin comedian um that they would play at every party that we had they were really parties they were just like you know someone would like play random songs that so that we could dance okay um but it was just this again this norwegian comedian just saying random words in spanish um and they would play it for us for the spanish speakers but the song was called salsa tequila and the chorus went something like salsa tequila corazón cerveza muy bueno just like a list of things just like that it's <laughs> and the song makes absolutely no sense there were some spanish speakers like my friend from venezuela she found it horrible like it was so annoying but i found it funny it's just like what is this and and would people in norway would would anyone like sing it or think yes, make make fun would, like, like say oh, look like it. i was saying this I, i know a lot of spanish and it starts saying yes those things. yes they were like yes this is so you know i know spanish it's like i'm saying ricky martin gasolina <laughs> you know what i need to find that song i'm going to it's look for it and i'm going to play it at the end of this episode it's going to it's be called, there it's called salsa tequila and it's it's this like techno thing and it was just so funny Like to me, it was hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to look for it, and uh, oh, and also one thing that maybe we didn't mention is uh, in in Paraguay you use for mm -hmm. you singular you use vos. Is that is that correct? Yes. All yes. of the country. Well, besides Guarani, of course. But you say would you say in the whole country? Yes, everyone uses vos. That is uh, like common. Actually, if like anybody uses tú, we think they're speaking like cartoons that's that's usually little children when they watch like yeah. too many cartoons they start saying things like two they start saying things like pastel <laughs> and it's like, you, you know what a girl from argentina tell, uh, told me a way uh, how mothers in argentina feel their kids are, are watching too much television and it's yeah. exactly that <laughs> that you, you yeah. said so that's quite interesting very good but Yeah. Be careful. Take and care of another you. thing Take care of your that I find uh, interesting about the language is that I think, I'm not sure, uh, every country in Latin America has a different way of saying popcorn. Oh, yeah. I know some, but what I, I could not say, how, how, you, how do you call it in, what do you say in Paraguay? Pororo. Pororo, did I know that? I'm not sure. I know pochoclo from Argentina. Yes. Which turns a popcorn machine into a pochoclera. Yes. Do you have a pororera or something like that? No, no. We don't use popcorn machines. We just make it in a pot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, there is also Venezuela, cotufa, which maybe cotufa, you've heard. Yes, cotufa, yes, I know cotufa. Uh, well, I think Mexico is, yeah, like very neutral. Palomitas, is it? Palomitas, yes. Palomitas de maíz. And also that to just uh, connect that to the song, one thing we do in, in also they do in the journalism community, I'm not doing journalism anymore, but also we do it in translation is when you're translating for a broad uh, Spanish speaking audience, audience and you're in doubt about a term, 
just go with tequila, meaning go with the Mexican word, but, and, and this is important, not any Mexican word, the most neutral of the words used in Mexico for that term. Oh. That's a, that's a particular nuance because and well maybe that's an interesting point to to close the conversation about the language because it's been uh, the the term Mexican Spanish is being used outside of the Spanish speaking community as the type of Spanish to speak to Latin America and that's not necessarily correct because if you go like really local Mexican they're not going to understand you outside of uh, Mexico. Or maybe they will think you're speaking like the Simpsons because the Simpsons, they were like very Mexican, which was a very interesting decision when they decided to translate that show. And I think it worked. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, Alejandra. Talk soon. Thanks, okay, thanks thank for your you. time. And say hello thank to you. your students. Well, say hola to your students for me. Hola. <laughs> And that's it for now for Spanish We Do and my conversation with Alejandra for part one. In part two, we're going to go into more complicated waters because we're going into the cultural aspect of the Spanish-speaking world. Cultural differences, stereotypes, all seen from inside or from Paraguay looking out. And also, well, Alejandra's expectation about teaching Spanish at the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque. Oh, you mean you want some more of the Norwegian song in Spanish? The senseless Norwegian song in Spanish? There you go. Y fin se acabó. Chao, chao.